When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All, all, all Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All, all Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. Ladies and gentlemen, Foxborough football fans, football is back. It is on. This is not a drill. The Patriots have reported to training camp. Rookies, veterans, coaches, everybody's there. Practice starts tomorrow. It's time. Let's go. I'm Kyrie Thompson, your Patriots beat reporter for WEEI.com and your host of First and Foxborough. Make sure you follow me at KDThompson5 on Twitter. Follow the show accounts at First and Foxborough, F-O-X-B-O-R-O on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you're listening, subscribing, downloading, all that on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts, okay? You're not going to want to miss this. I'm bringing you Patriots coverage every single day, and most of those days, like 95% of them, I'm going to be at Gillette Stadium. Sights and sounds from the field, rapid reactions after practice, notebooks, player interviews, coaches' interviews, all of that, okay? We're gonna be doing it every single day. So hit that subscribe button and be ready for when the content drops, okay? Let's get into it. So again, no practice on the field until tomorrow, but the Patriots are so back that they're making Bill Belichick stand in front of the podium three times a week now and answer questions from the media. So look, so first press veils were today. We heard from Bill Belichick bright and early this morning. And of course, everyone had to ask, about who's calling the plays, why he didn't name an official offensive coordinator, the kinds of things other teams do that Belichick has consistently not been that interested in. We don't really do titles around here, etc., etc. So he obviously didn't divulge any extra information about who's coordinating, who's calling plays, what have you, this morning. Though he did remind everybody who the real leader of this operation is. Yeah, uh, look, I'm a head coach. Ultimately, I'm responsible for everything, so... Just leave it at that. That's what it is. There you have it. We don't believe in titles for everyone else because mine is the only one that matters. That's essentially what he's saying. And I think there is something to the idea of him putting himself out there to take the heat and keep it off of whoever is doing the job. I mean, obviously, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge have been head coaches in the past. They know what it's like to stand in front of the media and answer these questions. But in this case, Belichick is essentially saying, look, you don't really have to. I'll do that for you. Goodness knows he doesn't care what we think anymore, if he ever did. So that works in his favor there when you know trying out this operation. He also touched on Mac Jones uh, going into his second season and said that he's way ahead of where he was last year. Not surprising. We've seen that, I think, from him in the limited amount of time we watched him this spring. He said he's taken tremendous strides physically, in his understanding of the offense and the defenses, and just the the process of going through every single day. That's the kind of stuff you want to hear 
about your young quarterback for sure, especially when you're going to be putting a lot on him to help elevate this team in 2022. But I wanted to focus on something a little bit more innocuous that Belichick said when kind of leading things off with this press conference. And it comes on the heels of a question asked by Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald. The gist of it was, are these first couple days of training camp more or less an extension of the spring in terms of teaching and installing the offense and defense and the playbook rather than evaluating players? Because remember, there are no pads, I think, for the first four days of camp. So here's what Belichick had to say about that. Yeah, that's exactly what it'll be. You know, continue to install things that we didn't get to in the spring and try to have everybody ready to go uh, when we are able to start uh, padded practices and um, preseason games, um, work against other teams and so forth uh, as we build into training camp. So this is, you know, uh, it's really four days of a five days, however you want to look at it, of kind of a ramp up period. Um, and that's will be a lot of teaching, um, you know, working out some, you know, ironing out some wrinkles here, working out a few kinks, and then, um, then you know, be ready to compete and and um, practice and play, you know, as we move into the next that stage. But, but we're definitely not there yet this week. On one hand, of course, that makes perfect sense. These guys have been off for like six weeks or so. They didn't do their full slate of OTAs and minicamp practices, as is their wont. I'm not one of those people losing their minds. Oh, they canceled two practices. How dare they when they, they need all the practice that they can get? Like they were doing anything that mattered that much in June that it's going to change their season. It's really not, okay? Plus, they had some injury issues. I think that was part of it. And they ended on two pretty good practices. So you have that built-in excuse of, look, I like what I saw Let's pick it back up in the summertime. But look, they need a little bit of ramp up here physically and mentally. Anyway, I was intrigued by Belichick's answer to that because it hints at something that Andrew said last Friday on the Merloni, Fourier, and Mego show on WEEI when I was filling in with Nick Stevens and Megan Adelini about the state of the Patriots' offense. People have been wondering about the offense, right, virtually since the season ended. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the new offensive coordinator? That's largely settled. Joe Judge is going to coach quarterbacks, Matt Patricia offensive line. Between them, they're taking over the offense. What I've gleaned from talking to people around the team in the league this week is that the offense is still being written. Like this, They're tearing up more roots from the ground of what Josh McDaniels laid over a decade in the offense over two than we expect. So what I usually say at the beginning of training camp is the first four practices – they're non-padded. This is barely even sevens and elevens when they're mm-hmm. going together. There's no contact that's loud. It's not very interesting. Right. This year, that's flipped. Like, yeah. they're going to be installing some very new things, which are not brand new to football, but they're trying to re-identify what is our philosophy? What do we want to do? And look, I'm not super high on judging Patricia, but I'm willing to give them a clean slate. And I think they look at this as when Patricia was on the defensive side of the ball, what gave us the most problems? Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Yes. Getting people in space is what gave Matt Patricia defenses the most trouble. So with that, Andrew, to kind of piggyback off of that. So we were noticing a lot of uh, certain kinds of play calls, especially on the on the running side of things. A lot a lot of around the end sorts of things that we perhaps didn't see last year. So is the implication there that that might not have just been 
oh, well, we're just installing that just for fun because, uh, you know, it's install. We don't really do this a whole lot. So th- might there actually be something to that? Yeah, let's not tiptoe around the deep end here, Kyrie. Let's just dive right in. All right, let's do the, it. The yes. outside zone game is what we saw, right? Yes. It was just yep. rep after rep after rep after drill after drill after drill. And so, yes, that very well might be the new foundation of the running game because I'm willing to say that now. The first couple of practices we saw of OTAs, the Patriots are very aware of what they're showing the media because they know we're going to take with that and run with it, blow anything small up into something yep. big. But now that hearing this, that they are still actively trying to figure out what they want to do and who they want to be, which at this point also sounds like asking for an extension on a school paper. <laughs> like it's camp, man. Mac reported to camp. Yes, okay, yeah. Can we, can, can I, sorry, can yeah. I no, lean in on that for a minute? Because what we've always heard from Belichick, at least my experience at training camp or covering any off season, is that, you know, that mini camp and OTAs, that's all instructional. They're not evaluating anything. And then in whether you believe that or not, and then training camp is where the evaluation and the competition begins. That that is, that's what that is for. So it takes me back, like I'm taken aback by you saying that they're still trying to figure out what they're going to install in this new offense if, if the offense is going to look pretty different. Here's what I'm saying is I think change is being underrated at this moment in the media. Mm-hmm. And that goes for me, right? I'm going based on what my eyes have told me, what is going through my ears. And But what's changed in the last week is I think there's a, a wider range of possibilities for this offense. It's not going to be we're going to take what McDaniels did and modify it a little bit, make tweaks around the edges. This is what are we going to do as Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and change that? So, no, there was not a whole lot of evaluation going on in the spring. Neither was a whole lot of installation. So I think the main categories are down, right? It's when we're installing, you know, let's say, for example, I don't know this for a fact, these particular RPOs. It's not like, oh, let's have an RPO package. It's what specifically do we want? When are we going to call those? And how do we teach that? So that it's kind of the minutia I think they're settling now. But big picture, they know who they want to be. It's just a discussion they haven't had for 20 years down there. And I think it excites them. Put Andrew's words and Belichick's words from today together, and I think you got a bingo, as Christoph Waltz would say. Obviously, missing Josh McDaniels' continuity in this offense is a huge driving force for why they are doing this right now. He was there for a significant part of those 20 years when they were going to the Super Bowl seemingly every other year and winning division titles all the time and working with Tom Brady, who was also there for 20 years. So between the two of them, they built this offense up and up and up and up and added all kinds of detail and complexity to it that, I mean, they could do because they were in it every single day. They were, they were kind of mutually constructing this as they went along. Well, Brady's gone and McDaniels is gone. You don't have the personnel to teach this offense the way that it's been taught for the last 20 years. So what do you do then? You decide what works best for you and you rebuild it in whatever image you want. And Belichick and the players have talked about this, adjusting some terminology, streamlining things, making it a little bit less complicated. After all, we've seen players year after year after year struggle to get this offense because it is so complex. You've had receivers, you know, young rookie receivers or veteran receivers have a hard time picking things up because there's just so much to know about it. I brought, I bring up the Devin McCourty example fairly frequently where he would talk about looking over Josh McDaniel's shoulder at the offensive call sheet and be like, why do you need to call all of this for one play? Why do you have to do that? So why should you continue doing that for a second-year quarterback 
And when you're going to be potentially counting on new players like Devontae Parker and young dynamic players like Tyquan Thornton, Pierre Strong, Cole Strange to get on the field to contribute for you in year one. Shouldn't you want to make this easier for them to play faster and do what they want to do on the field where you're not thinking about seven different things from the time you break the huddle to when you walk up to the line of scrimmage, which is something that Andrew mentioned that Philip Dorsett, former Patriots receiver, was talking about. They had like seven different reads from the time you said break and walked up to the line of scrimmage, and then the ball is snapped. I mean, that's just so many things going on in your head at once. Wouldn't it be easier if it's like, okay, look, boom, let's go, okay? You get one or two reads here. If they do this, you do this. Keep it simple. Now, obviously, you don't want to make it a JV offense. That's not what I'm talking about here. I think people get concerned with, oh, streamlining, that means they're going to make the offense stupid, right? Or Isaiah Wynn used the term dumbed down, which is an interesting choice of words for it. But again, I think the point is, look, this is still the NFL. There's still going to be the requisite complexity to running an offense, but maybe we don't need 17 different terms or whatever tacked on to every play. Let's make it eight or something. And I'm just spitballing that number. I don't know how long the Patriots plays are. I do not have their playbook in front of me. And look, I talked to Chris Price of the Boston Globe about this yesterday. In the end, this is still Belichick's playbook. It's still that the roots of it are most likely going to be the same. It's the same one he's been going back to for decades now. They're not going to just completely throw the entire thing in the fire, okay? Now, I mean, obviously there is a concern about how much has changed. Is it going to be an issue remembering the new terminology and what they want? I'll say that in the amount of time that we saw, I believe it was four practices that we saw them in the spring, it didn't look like an issue, looked like everything was running smoothly, didn't see a ton of pre-snap penalties or people forgetting routes. I mean, obviously there, there was some of that. It's spring practice. It is what it is. But all in all, the operation looked fairly smooth. It didn't look like a complete disaster. We'll see if that continues. The other thing I want to talk about, though, is the scheme part. We talked about seeing a lot of outside zones and boot play actions and things like that in, in spring practice and thinking to ourselves, you know what, maybe this is just installed because they already know that they can do the, the gap runs and the between the tackle stuff and they just want to rep this other stuff because they don't do it as much. That still could be the case. I mean, we'll see what this looks like when the pads actually come on. It's not like they're going to stop doing gaps and powers and, and the things that they lived off of last season. They're not going to stop. They've been doing that for 20 years, right? Why would they just completely abandon that now? But I think that what we saw in spring where they were doing a lot of wide zone type runs and getting their offensive linemen in space, getting them out on the edge and getting Mac Jones moving a little bit out of the pocket. I feel like that stuff is probably going to be here to stay. Maybe it's not going to be taking over the offense where it's going to be in completely entirely new and, and it's going to be a Sean McVay style offense where you just go single back, no fullback, and it's just outside zone after outside zone after outside zone. I, I'm not saying that. But I think that we're probably going to see a bit more of a percentage of it and that they have the playmakers to make that kind of system work. Whether you're talking about the running backs like Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, I think if they really go to that kind of offense, it is Ramondre Stevenson's season. 
I think that he would absolutely thrive in that. And maybe you see a little bit of Pierre Strong every now and again, especially if James White isn't healthy enough to start the season. Tyquan Thornton being your deep threat where maybe we're going to try and do these boot play actions and get the defense flowing one way and then you're throwing it back across the field to Tyquan Thornton and trying to take advantage of the speed. Maybe you do that a little bit more, even though I still think he's going to be on a pitch count and he's not necessarily going to be a starter, right? But again, I think that we now have a little bit of an idea here that that wasn't a fluke. And I didn't think it was a fluke when we saw it in spring because, again, they did it over and over and over again. I'm talking like 85% of their run plays seem to be that outside zone variety. It just feels like a lot of practice to do with one specific play and not a lot of practice with your other stuff even though, yeah, you've repped it before. You still got to rep that stuff. Anyway, again, when the pads come on, we'll see what they start doing. But I think we are going to see a little bit of a new look Patriots offense this year, and I think it could be beneficial to them. As far as the play callers go, because this is the big one that everybody is really hung up on right now, this is what I'll say. I've heard through the grapevine that despite the titles that have been put on paper, and what they would suggest is Occam's razor, the simplest thing that you could do, which is, I would say the simplest thing you could do is have Joe Judge call the plays because he's the quarterback's coach. He's in there running seven on sevens and the quarterback drills with Mac Jones. He's, he's there with him all the time. That would be the simple thing to do. We will see if they are building to that in a way that they didn't in spring. But I'll just tell you what I've heard. It's that it could very well be Matt Patricia calling the plays. Despite Matt Patricia's name saying senior football advisor and offensive line coach next to it, that we could see Billy Yates be the de facto offensive line coach on game days, handling the in-game adjustments and kind of serving what would be the offensive line coach, while Patricia is perhaps more of... Yeah, he goes here and there. When he has time, he works with the offensive line, but he's really somewhat the offensive coordinator. Again, that's just what I have heard. And and in the end, we're just not going to know until we see it for certain. But here's what I would say in the event that Matt Patricia is the guy. He was essentially doing it during minicamp. And all of those, those titles, yeah, Matt Patricia said he was working with the offensive line. And Joe Judge said he was going to be working with the quarterbacks. Those titles were basically already in place during minicamp. They didn't tell us anything that we didn't know. They just put it on paper and put it out there for everybody. And my thought is, why would you believe them? Why would you take them at face value? Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened at minicamp. You want to know what Joe Judge was doing during team drills? Joe Judge, the quarterback's coach, the guy who should be calling plays. Again, this would be the simplest thing. I'm not denying that, but you know what he was doing? He was standing behind the huddle, sometimes like by himself with a couple of backups, looking down at the play sheet. Don't think I ever really saw his mouth moving at all. You know where Matt Patricia was? Right next to the huddle. Matt Jones would come to him and Matt Patricia would tell him the play to run during team drills. Okay. Matt Patricia was in the huddle and when Matt Patricia was not in the huddle, when he was standing a little bit off to the side, he had the little radio talking into Mac Jones's helmet, relaying the play that way. Now, 
Maybe Joe Judge was doing that at some point and we didn't see it, but it sure looked like Matt Patricia was calling the plays during minicamp, whatever the titles said. And in theory, regardless of the logistics of it, that would make sense. If you're thinking about it from the standpoint of trust and experience, Matt Patricia has called defensive plays for Bill Belichick in the past. And we know how Bill Belichick feels about Matt Patricia and his intelligence. And again, like using him as kind of, he's basically Bill Belichick's right hand out there. With that in mind, that would probably be the most logical choice outside of Bill Belichick calling plays in terms of seniority and experience within the organization, even if it doesn't make the most sense structurally, which again, I it doesn't make the most sense structurally if you're going just based off of the titles. Clearly, having Joe Judge do it, or Bill Belichick if he felt like it, would be more logical than having Matt Patricia do it. Okay, that's true. But there is a fairly easy fix to this, which is having Billy Yates essentially be your offensive line coach and freeing up Matt Patricia to do the rest of the job. Okay, that's, if they want to do that, that's the route that they can take. And I've also heard the suggestion that Bill Belichick could be the one calling plays because why would you trust Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to do it? In the end, I'm trying to come into this with no assumptions. I'm going to be prepared for anything. I'm going to try to be prepared for if Nick Cayley ends up calling the plays the way people kind of hoped might be coming into this entire operation, that he was going to be the rising star. If Bill Belichick is the one in the huddle calling the plays or radioing things in, I'm not going to be surprised by that either. In the end, what happens on the field is going to determine this thing more than what the titles say. Though, again, as Bill Belichick said, his title is the only one that matters. So who knows? Maybe he'll just take this entire thing on himself. We will see starting soon. Thank goodness. That's all I got for now. Might have some bonus content coming out before practice, whether that's later this afternoon or Wednesday morning, because some veterans are talking later in the day. We'll have Matthew Slater, Devin McCourty, and David Andrews. At least that's what's on the slate. Tomorrow, it's on though. Okay, football will be back for the next seven months. Hope you enjoyed your summers. Make sure you stick with me and follow the show for content each day. Once again, I'm Kyrie Thompson, your host of First and Foxborough. Download, listen, stream on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it. Till tomorrow. <laughs>